this is about everyone. It's about everyone on campus. And FEM is not just for women. It's about what we all can do to learn more and make our campus environment more welcoming and safer. And it's not just for women. We want it to be welcoming to all people. It should just be a place that you're like, okay, I'm having a problem with X, Y, or Z, and I I should go to FEM. And there's no hesitation that they come there. It's just a welcoming and open place and not one that you have to prove yourself to be in. You are listening to Interactive, a podcast by Unite that aims to amplify diverse perspectives and encourage a welcoming and empathetic environment on the campus of IIT. I am your host, Hugh and I'm excited to have you with me through these conversations. Before we get into anything, I would like to announce that Unite has a website. We do had it before, but the domain name was very long, so I didn't introduce it in the podcast. But now we got the budget and was able to change our domain name to uniteiit.org. And now we can go to that website, which has everything about Unite. Our missions, our plans, our projects, events, podcasts, blogs. Our socials are listed there too, if you want to follow us. You can also sign up to our email list from there as well. So yeah, since it's midterm season, I understand that you guys might be very stressed right now. So I have a joke for you. Why are people mean? Because they're average. That is a statistic joke that I saw somewhere online. It's not mine. But let's talk statistics. Let's talk about the percentage of female students on IIT. Can you guess? is 37% and male students take up 63%. And that is a very big gap between the two genders. And we're not even talking about people who don't identify as binary. At first, this seems like a very normal thing at a tech school. But as you think more about it, it's kind of problematic. There are indeed some student orgs on campus that help female identifying students grow academically and professionally, but there hasn't been any that focuses solely on the aspect of being a woman, especially on a very male-dominant environment. And luckily, there's one that is recently established that is the Female Empowerment Movement, also known as FEM. Surprise, surprise, we do have the two co-founders and co-presidents with us here on this podcast to talk about their plans and mission for FEM but also touch on topics relating to the Title IX office, sex education, and their plans to establish a women's center at IIT. All right, Ursula and Mallory, meet everyone. Everyone, meet Ursula and Mallory. So my name is Mallory Drevlin, and I am a transfer student. It's my second year at IIT. Excuse me. Um, I came from a community college in the suburbs called Harper College, and I'm an astrophysics student, um, and my pronouns are she, her. Hi, uh, my name is Ursula Hirsch, and I am a third-year student at IIT studying social and economic development policy. 
minoring in Spanish and psychology, and I'm also uh, in the co-terminal program, so I'm working towards a master of public administration. Thank you. So uh, the reason that I knew you guys and I uh, invited you guys to the podcast was from Samir, who is one of our exec board members, and he just um, saw that you guys are very nice people, and then you were also recently found a a new organization on IIT, which is called FEM. Can you um, talk to us like what FEM is and um, like the general idea of what the org is doing? Sure, I'll start. Um, so we first started talking about the possibility of having an organization dedicated to supporting female identifying students on campus in spring of 2019, I believe. Um, Maybe, yes. And, time is weird. <laughs> um, so Mallory and I were in a class together, which is one of the best classes I've taken at IIT. And it was called um, Just US Women's History. And it was taught by Margaret Power, who is now our advisor. Um, and so it was around that time that Mallory and I started talking. We were realizing that it was kind of easy to feel isolated at IIT as a woman. and we got to speaking with other people, other women on campus. And that was about the time when we decided to um, found FEM. Yeah, it was um, it was definitely Ursula who thought of it first. So I just wanna, I wanna put that out there. She's the, <laughs> she's the original creator and a founder. Um, we had, like she said, we had kind of just met at the time and she told me about this like a month or so later and um, I was like, oh yeah, I think I think this is something I need right now. Like in my life, um, I had always taken um, like women's studies courses at my community college. I think I took like three or four, and then to take the U.S. Women's History with Professor Power, um, and then for Ursula to bring this up, I was like, okay, I feel like this is kind of what I've been building up to do, I guess, and just take all of this knowledge that I've accumulated and do something with it. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of how we got started. Um, but yes, Ursula, Ursula was the creator. <laughs> what stood out to you most about, uh, that course that motivated you to start a organization for female identifying students? I think personally for me, um, I don't think I sat in the class and I was like, oh, okay, like we need femme because of this. I think it, it definitely helped, but, um, I don't think it was linear or, um anything like that I think it was just a bunch of moments that kind of built up together but definitely sitting in the class and realizing how much I don't know about other women's experiences um and how much everyone else didn't know about other women's experiences going back to like uh hundreds of years ago to very recently in the past decade or so so um yeah I think it was a contributing factor but I don't know if it was like um I don't think it was linear for me it just yeah, it just helped. Yeah, I think that's a great way of putting it. And I feel very much the same. Um, that space was definitely an opportunity to not only learn, but realize how limited the scope of my knowledge is and mm. um, think about what I wanted to learn and um, thinking cooperatively. And of course, you know, the big thing was that I met Mallory in that class. And I got to know Dr. Power, who is one of our advisors now, and uh, she was wonderful. You know, the ways she had us thinking and talking, you know, one, it was kind of unusual for a course at IIT. And two, you know, it just, I think, got us both thinking about a lot of things. 
Yeah, I think that class was great because it was very much like put your phones away, put your computers away, come prepared to class. And I think a lot of us, I mean, I can't speak for everyone in the class, but I think a lot of us wanted to come prepared. It seemed that way, at least like um, there were always a few kids who didn't. But I think the rest of us were on top of the reading and on top of the articles and um, stuff like that. And we came to have a discussion and further our knowledge. So it was a really nice environment to be in and a lot different than you know regular um classes that i was used to taking so um yeah it was a breath of fresh air yeah i do agree that um the humanities and social sciences courses are where like we get to be creative with the combination that we have apart from the stem curriculum in that course like is there anything that um, you learn or any concepts that you would like to share to people most I think kind of going off what I was saying before is just that we don't that we just don't know a lot about each other like yeah um, it was called U.S. women's history right but just because we're women doesn't mean we share all of the same experiences um, a lot of women uh, have other experiences that I just didn't know about um, and yeah I think that kind of opened my eyes to just paying attention in every day in my everyday life you know um which I think is what history is supposed to do as a subject it's supposed to teach you about our past but also see how that past has created um our present and um so yeah I think I don't know if there was a specific topic that really stood out to me I think it was just kind of cumulative and um, has made me pay attention to my everyday life and others everyday life around me yeah, so I think one of the biggest things, one of my biggest takeaways from that class was recognizing the value and importance of intersectionality and in feminism. Um, and that was something that we discussed. And so often, even when people take the time to say, well, let's not look at this from a man's perspective, let's look at it from a woman's perspective. It's still a white woman's perspective. And that sort of whitewashing is still not the goal in what we want to learn from history. And so this class really gave us more of a nuanced perspective and more information about, you know, what was truly happening in history and the different struggles that different groups have faced. And yes, not equating all women's experiences um, and recognizing that, you know, there's a lot for us all to learn and that approaching things from different perspectives and recognizing different perspectives is extremely important. You've made a good point and that's why like this podcast exists so that we can get to know new perspectives in every episode. So is intersectionality a one of the core values or missions of, of FEM? Yeah, we, we definitely want it to be. And so we're always recruiting new members and trying to promote a variety of speakers from different backgrounds. We have a couple speaker events upcoming this semester that I'm pretty excited about. Um, but, you know, IIT is a very diverse school. We have a lot of students from different backgrounds. And so we want to make sure that not only students of all backgrounds, but especially women and female identifying students feel like this is a space where they will be supported and recognized and that we're not just thinking about things from one perspective. Since like you said that uh, you would like to 
involve as many perspectives as possible? Is that why that you have two co-presidents instead of one? Um, I think, well, I mean, Ursula and I are both white women, so <laughs> I, um, I don't, I don't think that's mostly the reason. I think we just realized that, um, there's a lot of work to be done. And although Ursula is great at doing, I would say most of the work, um, because she's amazing. Uh, I think at moments we need to bounce ideas off each other and just feel like, and the whole load isn't on one of us. Um, I going into like femme and uh, helping like Ursula, I didn't think I was going to be a co-president um, and she was kind enough to ask me to do so with her. And I'm so grateful to um, be a co-president, but yeah, I would think, I, I would say it's just more so to take the load off one of us and to have it spread out more um, because we are students and um, I mean, I also have a job and a family and, you know, we all have all these different areas in our lives to take care of. And it's hard. I mean, it's, it's rewarding work because what we're trying to do is rewarding um, to us and to others. But um, it's, it's hard sometimes to do those extra, you know, extra organizations, extra clubs and uh, student government, all these different things. So I, I think for me, uh, and I think Ursula would agree with this, it's just kind of to spread out the work. Well, I think Mallory summed it up really nicely along with um, some very kind words. So thank <laughs> you. But yes, that was primarily our intention. And, you know, Mallory and I are both graduating soon. And so we're going to be looking to, uh, you know, fill new spots in our exec board. And we want to cast a wide net there and um, make people aware of the positions when the time comes. But yes, um, it was mostly about splitting the work. You know, we also have two vice presidents. So it was about thinking, well, what, how much can we handle and how can we distribute the work evenly? Yeah, exactly. I think that's a great point is, is a question of how much can we handle? I think, um, in a lot of organizations and just in life in general, especially at IIT where it's competitive, it's very easy to um, get wrapped up in taking on a larger course load or course load or just any type of load than uh, what you're able to actually do. And I think Ursula and I were both just like, this is what we're able to do. And I hope, I hope for future presidents of FEM that there, that there is a co-president, that there are two presidents. Um, I think, yeah, I don't know. I just think it's, it's better in numbers between us all. <laughs> um, I think that's also like a very good model for FEM because um, I joined one of your GBMs and I saw that you have a lot of, um, a, a lot of plans and things to do for the org and that sounds very overwhelming mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah the plans that you have don't like happen overnight like they take time especially like with you know changing the uh, environment on IT and like having more conversations about issues that you're working on so how would you describe the environment on IT that like makes them necessary to have? So, you know, we are a tech school. We're a very male dominated school. I'm not sure about the exact statistics, but I think the percentage of female students on campus was somewhere around 30 to 35%. And 
when you have such an intensely male dominated environment, it's important to, you know, have a space, I think, for women to come together, for female identifying students to come together. Because, you know, as we brought up a little bit before, it's very easy to feel isolated and unsupported on campus. I know I have struggled to meet, you know, female students on campus. A lot of my classes, I'll be one of maybe two girls in a class of 30. And I think that's a pretty common experience. So we have heard a little bit about some of the experiences that women on campus have had about harassment or even worse forms of violence against them. And that's not something that we want to tolerate or sweep under the rug. And I think it's something that needs to be addressed. And I think that's what we'd like to do through this organization and the other work that we can promote. Because we want this to be a campus that is welcoming and inviting to female identifying students. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think uh, my experience is a little bit different and I've been trying to learn as much as I can from Ursula and from other students as well, just because I am a transfer student, I think, and I also live off campus. So I think my experience has been a little bit different and I know there are other people in my situation as well where they kind of don't know what's really going on to the extent that it is on campus. And um, yeah, so I'm just trying to learn as much as I can and hear as many experiences as I can because yeah, I'm not there and I haven't, you know, been on IIT or at IIT for a while. Um, and yeah, so there's a little bit of a disconnect, but I think through FEM and through just listening to other people talk about their experiences on campus, I'm um, I'm, st I'm starting to see a, a, a need for, I, I mean, I've seen a need for FEM, but um, I'm, I'm starting to see it more and more the more I listen to people. So I don't know how to bring this up, but like um, at, my, at my very short time at IIT so far, I'm a second year and also like half of that is the pandemic. So I didn't mm -hmm. like experience much of um, any discrimination or harassment based on your gender. And I am just like so surprised to see that it happens so often and a lot of those like don't get vocalized so yeah i'm glad that our family's working on that and i hope that you know with your efforts com combined with um title IX office and also with it administration you can like um have some kind of improvements on this on another topic this is kind of random but i feel like for such such a male dominant school we like for women or for me at least as a woman I feel the need to like stay away from women and like make more friends with guys because I think that's cool um I don't know if you experience that and if you do like what are your thoughts on that yeah um that's actually such an interesting point I think um as much as I'm putting work into FEM and into creating um, a community for female identifying students. Um, and as much as it does feel isolating sometimes, I mean, I, I don't, I don't hate all men. Um, I love making friends with anybody really, but that doesn't change the fact that, um, or, and I guess I want to add to that. I also thankfully haven't had, um, many overt um, experiences with men acting a certain way towards me on camp with me on campus. Um, and 
So I'm, I'm thankful for that, but that doesn't take away the fact that other women on campus have. And um, I think that's why FEM is so important. And yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that like we hate all men on campus because we don't. Um, but yeah, it's just, yeah, I guess that's what I have to say about that. <laughs> well, I mean, first I'm happy. I'm very glad that neither of you has had to experience anything like that. But um, saying that, I am aware of things that have happened and things that continue to happen that students, that female students shouldn't have to deal with. And we've seen a little bit of that in being reported and discussed, um, but I think it's something that needs to be talked about more. I, there's, like Mallory said, we're not condemning all men in any way. For a lot of people, it's about learning and you know knowing what is right and what is wrong to do. And we need to have more of those conversations and we need to do better, I think, creating a safer and more supportive environment. And I think there's a lot of work that we can do um, with the administration, hopefully, to promote that. Um, you brought up a good point. And I guess like organizations that focused on female identifying students would be like a place of support and also like unite, union for um, us all. And so what do you think that how is FEM different from the sororities? Yeah. So we, um, so go ahead, Mallory. Ursula, go ahead. <laughs> no, you first, please. <laughs> uh, I think we were thinking about this a little bit uh, before, but uh, I, I was I was kind of thinking about sororities and how I, I don't really know much about sororities. I've never been in one. I don't know that much about ones uh, or about sororities on campus. Um, however, it seems to me, and this is what's portrayed, and I'm not sure if, you know, this is the truth or this is how it is on IIT's campus, but it seems that there are a bunch of hoops that you have to jump through um, in order to, one, just be in a sorority, and two, continue to stay in a sorority successfully. Um, and I think what we want for femme is not that, not to even have even the slightest bit of a feeling that you have to jump through any type of hoop to be a part of femme or to come to um, uh, femmes like headquarters once we have that all established. Um, it should just be a place that you're like, okay, I'm having uh, a problem with X, Y, or Z and I, I should go to femme. And there's no hesitation that they come there. It's just a welcoming and open place and not one that you have to prove yourself to be in. So I think for me, in my mind, that's how sororities are different than femme. Absolutely, I agree. And I think sororities can be a really good place for some women to help them find a community and a group of close friends. And I've heard people say really good things about the sororities at IIT. But like Mallory is saying, we don't want this to be a commitment. You don't have to commit to us to get at something in return. We, this can be a drop-in, this can be something temporary. It's just a place for people to go. Yeah, yeah, ex I was just gonna, I, I was thinking of the word commitment as you were talking. I was like, I'm not gonna forget this, but uh, yeah, the commitment thing, 
I think is so important because sometimes as, especially as students and people who have part-time jobs or full-time jobs or even family to take care of, um, yeah, the commitment is too much sometimes. And at times, like, I just want to be able to go somewhere and be like, Hey, can we talk about this? Because I'm having this problem or I need, I need this resource. Can you help me with that? Instead of, you know, having to commit for an entire semester, like you just can commit for a half an hour or like an hour to something. And that's, and that's, I I don't know, that sounds a lot better to me. um, Cause we're all busy. And then I know that you mentioned having a place where women can go to for support. Are you also um, referring to the Women's Center that you plan to establish? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so Ursula, we've made a little bit of progress with that since we like last talked. So, which is exciting. Um, yeah. Do you want to uh, update us on that? Yeah, I'd love to talk about that a little bit because I think since we started talking about FEM, this has been something in the back of our minds. And as we continue to develop the organization, it's something that we have really wanted to push for uh, is a women's center. And so, yes, we have made a little bit of progress. We're not getting too excited, but I think it's coming. Um, So we have been speaking with the administration. They are on board with the idea and working on securing a space. And what's gonna happen with this space, I believe, is that it's going to be somewhere for multiple organizations, not just FEM. So Mm. one of the things we've talked about, especially um, recently, was we spoke to some of the people who are involved with women in STEM. And one of their ideas was having this not only be a women's center, but a place for women and gender minorities. So I think that's an idea we are working towards incorporating and they would be one of the organizations we uh, with FEM would share the space with. I think SWE and a few other organizations that are focused on women would also be using the space. So it would be a multi-purpose. We're hoping that it would be somewhere that you can have these drop-ins, you have a bunch of resources here, you can get information here. And then there will also be student organization meetings here. And it's all in this one space, which makes it accessible. Yeah, definitely. I think Ursula made a great point is that it's not just for us. Um, I ever wanted it. I, we both have never wanted it to be just for FEM. We want it to be for as many organizations as we can have filtered in and out of there. Um, and we hope that once this is established, that's how it continues to be for years to come at IIT. And it's not, no group ever just takes over it and claims the Women's Center, the Women and Gender Minority Center as their own. Um, because, yeah, that's, I don't think that's how it should be. So it sounds like um, the Women's Center is somewhere that you can go to for support in many areas, like regarding to your, I guess, like more personal problems and then also like professional and academic. Exactly. Wow, that sounds very amazing though. I am excited to like see how it will be established and, you know, very excited to also like utilize the space. So yeah, good luck to you both on that. Thank you. Thank you. We're very excited about it too. It's, you know, not to get too you know overzealous but we're making real progress with the administration and that feels very good 
to, for them to recognize the need for a space like this? So one of the mission of FEM that I resonate most is the, I would say like, I would call it um, sexual education. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you would call it. Yeah, same thing. Um, I, yeah, we actually, this was, I think our first meeting ever uh, with them, our first in-person meeting before the pandemic hit. Um, and I realized with the the girls that were in our group, which was, um, I don't want to say like crazy to me, but it was just something that I didn't even think about, which is the point of having these conversations with our classmates uh, is to open our eyes to different things that happen. But um, one of the, one of the girls had said that she had never received sex education and, you know, thinking from a perspective of someone who is a white woman that grew up in America and went through private school and then public school, like I have received sex education, but it's not, I mean, even that is not that informative, I suppose. Um, but to not receive it at all and to be a college student, like I can't even imagine, like I st- I have gone through sex education and I think I'm pretty sex positive and, and very open about talking about these things um, and asking questions. And I'm lucky enough to get to go to a gynecologist and talk about these things. And um, so I, I, even I though, like have with all of that, all those resources, even I have questions and I'm like, is this supposed to be happening to my body? Like, is this okay? Like this kind of feels funky or like smells funky. <laughs> so I, that might be too much information, but um, I, yeah, I want, I think after that conversation where the girl said that she had never received any sex education whatsoever, I think I was like, wow, um, that needs to be something that's in here. And that is really important to me that we either have programs on it or speakers on it or pamphlets or, you know, a, a, a counselor in it. I, I don't know what it is specifically that we need, but we definitely need something that's covering sex education. Yeah, I think that was a big moment for our group the first time we met in person and had this conversation. Because if you know, if these students haven't had it, and if these women haven't had it, then probably there are a lot of other students and a lot of men who haven't had this conversation. And beyond basic sex education, which I think is incredibly important, there are a lot of um, other topics such as consent, which I don't think we even get, and I certainly didn't get anything about it in my own education in the United States. And I think it is absolutely imperative that we are having these conversations and making people aware of sex education, consent, and all of the surrounding topics. And yes, that is one of the big things that we want to do with FEM. And we would love to have events and regular programming um, with the Women's Center to address this sort of thing. I relate a lot to the girl that you mentioned because um, I grew up in Vietnam, went to school in Vietnam, and I received zero sex education. And I think like, a, I guess a bonus for my generation is that we have very easy access to the internet. And that's why like, we have to educate ourselves on these things. But that's also like create a problem that the information we get may not be accurate. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's- <laughs> Yeah. And, and that's scary. That's so scary. Even, yeah. To just, I mean, and there's jokes about this, like you Google not specifically towards like such education, but like 
I have a headache. What's wrong with me? And you go on WebMD and it's just like, you could be dying. And like, <laughs> so like, like you just said, any information you get online could be true. It could be true. I mean, it could be true, but not specifically for you. And the problem that you're having could have nothing to do with that. And that's like, that's terrifying. And what if we had a place on campus where you could go and find resources that were reliable and that you didn't have to do yourself and worry about, hey, is this is this even true for myself? And speaking on that a little bit, I think we would like to partner with the Student Health and Wellness Center because they do have some of these resources already available. Um, but you know, just making it a little more accessible, maybe acting as a liaison between individual students and the Student Health and Wellness Center and what it offers because it can be really intimidating or even it may feel embarrassing to some people to ask these questions. And we want them to know that there are resources. It's not anything to be ashamed of. And it's something we can talk about and we can learn about. Yeah, that's a very good point. And also I feel like sex education is a very um, general word. And there are a lot of other topics under it. Like apart from cons consent, there are also like the topics about like how to take care of your own body or how your body reacts to different stimuli. Uh, I know Mallory mentioned this, is that uh, you have a gynecologist to talk to. And I think that's also like a very useful resource for any woman to talk to and you know have access to accurate information so that they can take care of themselves. Yeah, definitely. And I think, yeah, like I said, I think I'm really lucky to be able to, but I did not every, not every woman on campus is able to do that. Um, and so I think we're just trying to get, gather as many resources as possible so that, not that so you don't have to go see a gynecologist because obviously everybody should, but um, yeah, if you don't, if you don't have the ability to do so, then we want to help as much as we possibly can um, when it comes to body issues or sex education and stuff like that. So coming back to sex education, oh wait, um, we're still on the topic, but um, <laughs> the, the only sex education that I got is from IIT and uh, in the form of like an online course that we have to take every semester no, mm -hmm. not every semester, um, every year. And I am very, I'm kind of like disappointed of how bad it is. Um, so do you have any comments on that course? Yeah, um, I guess I'll just start off with, I can't remember anything that I have learned from that course. Um, and, you know, you could say, oh, well, then you're just not paying attention. But I think throughout this conversation, we've kind of built some credibility that I do care about these things. And uh, Ursula does as well, but I cannot tell you what I've learned from those. Like it's almost, it's just, it's one so long and two, it just doesn't resonate whatsoever um, with me. And I'm sure with a lot of other students because they just wanna click through and get it done with because you have to. So I think that's not how, um, that's not how that should be. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it's deeply, deeply inadequate. And I think it is not, not your fault at all, Mallory, that you didn't learn anything because it's not interactive. It's not something, like you said, that resonates with anyone because it's not anything meaningful. It's just, it feels totally detached from our realities and what we find important. And 
it is way too long. Everyone is, most people are going to just click through it, get to the end of it, get nothing from it. And I think that's bad. The IAT administration could be doing a lot more and I think should do a lot more to offer things that are not something that's mandatory. You need to get it done. We don't really care if you learn anything from it, but you just need to get it done. I think we need to approach this from a totally different perspective as something that we want to learn from. We want it to be a learning experience and we want it to genuinely help students. And I don't think that's what our current training options necessarily are. In your work at FEM, do you, do you plan to uh, address this problem as well? We would love to try to. You know, it's a little, when it comes to things like this, it definitely is difficult sometimes to work with the administration and navigate these situations in a way where they're going to be responsive to student suggestions. We have been doing, and I think you were, um, I think you're, we told you about this, The we've been doing work with the Title IX office and trying to make that more accessible to students because they do have a lot of resources to offer. And it's important, I think, and not a lot of students know about all the full range of what the Title IX office can offer them. So we're trying to partner with them. We're going to try to work with other um, branches of the IIT administration. We do want to try to improve this, but I think it's going to definitely be difficult to do away with that training and replace it with something um, drastically different. Yeah, I think um, I think the things that, and this is just general, but I'll I'll make my point. I promise. Um, I think the things that we learn in life um, are through one our own experiences, but two by listening to others, right? And so you're learning something as important as consent. And um, I think, I, see, I can't even tell you what the, what the training goes through, except like, I, I know consent is definitely a big thing. But, um, you know, I'm not, my life has not changed because I'm reading a fake scenario about consent. My life would be changed if I'm listening to my friend or a speaker come talk about how consent was not asked for or, um, you know, for something that's in person, and that is like that, that person's right in front of you sharing their life story with you and something, you know, bad that happened to them or good that happened to them. That is where something would resonate with me, not through reading a fake scenario about, you know, yeah, that's, that's just why I get frustrated with it. Because I think that if somebody took the time to really kind of change this training um, or this information for us that's given to us um, that it, it could save some people from some pretty hurtful situations or at least plant the seed in their mind. Yeah, thank you for bringing up the fake scenarios. I mean, that made me so, so frustrated and angry because like you're saying, it doesn't resonate with people. It treats it like this is something that doesn't happen. It's a hypothetical. No, it does happen. We absolutely need to talk about this, especially on college campuses. And let's be realistic about the statistics. Let's be realistic about this happening. 
and us needing to talk about it and not, not oh, well, maybe if this happened and this happens, then you might have to make this decision. No, yeah. Because it's it ineffective. You're going to, yeah, it's, it's going it, to, yeah, it's going to happen. And if it's not going to happen to you, it's going to happen to your close friend. And if it's not going to happen to your close friend, then, you know, maybe it's, you could see warning signs for someone who's going to commit, you know, X, Y, and Z. So, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> These courses are important for everyone. It's like, like Mary just said that it may not happen to you, but it may happen to other people. And that's why I feel like um, what FEM is doing, not only like benefit women, um, female identifying students, but also benefit male identifying students as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing is I think you know, people, and we've had this conversation with a few different uh, groups and people, but, um, you know, anytime you hear like, oh, this organization is only for women, it's not. Um, We do, we do hope that, you know, certain programs can be for, you know, just female identifying students, but it's not just for women. It's also like you just said, for the education of male identifying students on campus as well. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. While we do want some of our programming to be directed at students who are of a certain identity, maybe it's a gender identity. Like Mallory said, we do want to have some things that are specifically for women and female identifying students. But this is about everyone. It's about everyone on campus. And FEM is not just for women. It's about what we all can do to learn more and make our campus environment more welcoming and safer. And it's not just for women. We want it to be welcoming to all people. I feel like in order to do this, like you have to communicate a lot and uh, communications is very important, especially on IIT and regarding these issues as well, because IIT is very diverse and people from different cultural backgrounds or even like just um, upbringing backgrounds can like have different expectations or Mm -hmm. definitions of like one same topic. Yeah, yeah, that's that's such a great point. I think I don't want to keep going back to the sex education, but that that first meeting for us really just resonated with me. Um, And, you know, as much as I was like, wow, like how could they how could they not have sex education? It is, it is cultural, like at the end of the day. Um, and so it really, that kind of just snapped me into perspective. And I was like, oh my gosh, well, you know, it's not, it's yeah, not everybody grew up in the US. Not everybody had a private school education. Not everybody, um, you know, you know, uh, so on and so forth. But yeah, that was really, that snapped me into perspective that we are all different. And I need to continue, I need to, some needs to, like, we all need to continue to be um, empathetic and listen to people when they share their experiences. And I think that's what some is, is really about is just listening to other people's experiences and figuring out how to help others from there. Um, Ursula, do you have anything to add to that? I agree. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a very um, in, good point, Mallory. And yeah, I don't have anything to that's add. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving you guys speechless over here. <laughs> <laughs>
honestly, I don't know how to appropriately ask it. So I'm just gonna, you know, ask away. So, you know, like when we talked about like how femme mission and your plans are both for men and women, do you think like sex education for women also like needs to educate us on the men's body, like how it works as well? Um, I, I think so, yes. I think I just, what I hope for and I hope this continues to happen is just the destigmatization. Is that a word? Destigmatization? Destigma? It is. Okay. I'm like, I don't yeah. know if that's a word. <laughs> but um, that we just destigmatize. Um, <laughs> just learning about, like, it's just not embarrassing. Like, I, I just don't want it to be embarrassing for anyone um, to, to ask about these things or ask about really anything that has to do with what's happening all around us. Um, I mean, men are everywhere, women are, you know, like, it's just, I want to be able to be like, hey, is this, you know, when I have this experience with a guy or with a girl, um, or with someone who's non-binary, like, is this supposed to happen? Like, is this, you know, am I doing the right thing? Like, I just want to, personally, I just want to feel more confident um, in, in, in understanding them. So I definitely think um, it's just, it's, it's just another topic to learn about. We would, you know, in our classes, we learn about, like, you're in biology, like, it's just, yeah, we're just, we're just learning about different topics. And um, I think that's what it should be at the end of the day. And it shouldn't, it shouldn't be this taboo thing at all. Yeah, that's true. And I feel like as long as it is a taboo, like we can only talk about this with our very close friends and like close friends are not like, not always open to talk about these topics. And so like, and not everyone have close friends from different genders or gender identities to ask about these things. And if you like go outside and you ask just a random person, that would right. come, come off so weird. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thank you both for bringing this up. I think the big thing really is that we don't want anything that we're talking about to be taboo. It's, it's not, nothing in this area is anything to be ashamed of. Not knowing something, wanting to learn something, it should just be something that's normal and we want to normalize it. Yeah, and I'm very excited like for what FEM is going to do and especially like your women's center because I, I feel like it's gonna be a place where like, people can go there, ask any questions and learn new things so that they can you know understand more about other people and as a result, be more empathetic to each yeah. other. Yeah, that's that's my dream. That's my dream for yeah. them and the women. We, yeah. we really hope so. Yeah, that's a new nice dream too. <laughs> awesome. I love that. <laughs> Just one last question. Do you have any advice for women at IIT? Hmm. Um, there are people on your side that are trying to make it a better environment for you we're trying really hard even though we're just as confused and um may not know the right people to talk to or the right question right questions to ask we are trying on your behalf because some people just don't have time to do this or um the resources or the the will to do so but we do so we're trying um so yeah i hope that brings some comfort to people And if I can speak specifically about something that has been a pretty big problem on campus and that we've seen some tech news articles and other information coming out about um, the sexual harassment and sexual assault and other violence towards women, 
we want women on campus to know that they're believed, that there is support for them, and that they have resources, they have choices they can make, and that we don't want to dismiss anyone. So hopefully, FEM and the Women's Center will be a place where people can go and feel safe to disclose information like that if they want to. And, you know, we obviously want to work towards ending the idea that anything like that is ever acceptable or will be condoned on campus. Thank you for your advices. And that concludes our interview today. <laughs> thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. This is, this is no, fun. thank you for coming. Yeah, of course, anytime. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for listening to Interactive. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you are interested in what FEM is doing, you can follow them on Facebook, Instagram by searching Female Empowerment Movement. Lastly, good luck with your midterms or projects and unite hope that you are taking care of yourself. See you next time.